0: Welcome to Dr. Jeffrey Roth's Looking Good and Feeling Great podcast, live from Las
1: Vegas, with his co host, Daryl Craig Harris. Hi, this is Dr. Jeffrey Roth, your board certified plastic surgeon. Live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Beautiful Las Vegas. Beautiful Las Vegas. <laughs> Actually, it is really nice now because uh, it's. Vegas has really just a couple seasons. It has 120 degrees, <laughs> uh, and it has cold, and about two weeks on either side That's of it. That's exactly right. It's yeah. really nice, yeah. and uh, right now we're in the almost really nice part, so...
0: Yeah, it takes a while to get there. It Feels like summer just goes on forever and ever.
1: Oh, no kidding. I mean, and somebody told me, "Hey, how come can it can't be this way all the time?" I said, "Well, then it would be San Diego, and everybody would want to live here." Exactly. Right?
0: So, yeah. yeah, San Diego's gorgeous. Yeah. Actually, while well, talking about that too, I know we're gonna get. We're not gonna talk about that today, but we're gonna get to your skincare line or f- for protection.
1: Yep. So yeah, no, we're a little excited about that, and, and more details to come. But one is we have the the best skincare ever. Everybody says that, but I know we really do. Uh, and then two, 17 years in the making, we've uh actually come out with our own new uh sunscreen and uh it's i think it's phenomenal and second to none out, uh, out there. You can't say best anymore. So, but you can say <laughs> second to none. I think you can say that.
0: You can say best. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is well. This is a great. I mean, Nevada, Arizona, the whole. You know, and well, California too, right? Oh, sun worshippers. Oh, oh,
1: everywhere. So yeah, and um, and nowadays, I mean, the thing about the sun is, is I, I used to be the guy uh, making fun of the guy under the umbrella. Now I am the guy underneath right. the umbrella and yeah. get a couple of basal cell carcinomas taken off you, and that'll do it to you. Uh, I have a little one, and uh, and um, her. A swimsuit looks like a burka. It goes from uh, her chin to her uh, wrist to um, the ankles. And uh, it's cute. It's pink. It's got a dolphin on it. Uh, But having said that, and my wife's like, really? And I'm like, no, she'll thank me when she's 30. But, But the sun is not, I mean, you know, to quote our dad is that the sun is different and uh, the you know, ozone different the, the layers are but having said that is everybody has realized that we really do do need sun protection and uh, but on that aspect is, is uh, especially the australians have been really ahead of us on mm. that and uh they uh, you know you take a whole bunch of white people and put them down in australia where there's a lot of sun and they can come up with a lot of skin cancers and sure. um, so what they've really done is, especially melanomas and that, they've, really done, they've gone out of their way um, that they have this – it's like a public health emergency for them, and it has been for decades. And if you're a kid in elementary school or middle school, you can't go out and play unless you have a big floppy hat on. Oh, that's uh, And so they – Well, in the sun, there are so they're,
0: intense, right? Yes, yeah.
1: yeah. So it, it's really – yeah, it's it, – everybody, many people in Australia, they mostly live on the coast, but especially in, in the middle, it's, it's desert. And uh, yeah, it's really intense down there. Mm-hmm. So they've, they've really gone out of their way and really kind of led the world uh, in that. And they have all these kind of public surface things, but everybody is supposed to reapply the sunscreen. And, and that's the one thing we make mistakes here is, is, um, um, and I grew up when, you know, the guys on the roofs and the carpenters, they would go, oh, they would get their, you know, they want to get a tan so they don't burn the rest of the, uh, of the summer and they get the one sunburn and then they're good. I mean, all that stuff was just terrible. Yeah, uh, no, we, we didn't know so much back then. <laughs> no, and so now I'm thrilled that these guys are out there with hats and, um, um, Shirts down to uh, their uh, wrists and everything else, because right. yeah. because now you know you're, all these guys they have leather skin. It's just it's just terrible.
0: Yeah, that's the thing because you don't think about it when you're young, of course, no. but as oh, when you get into your fifties or you oh
1: know. no 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 and the, and uh, back in the day is, is is the gals you know in the eighties they would put, uh, putting baby oil on and, and the nurses yeah. were the worst because they would put iodine in the baby oil and just cook so <laughs> Yeah, kids, don't try that at home. Do yeah. not do that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you know, now it's all about trying to protect uh, ourselves from the from the sun. Yeah.
0: yeah. So we're going to do a lot more about that because I know like you're, you're starting sort of a whole new section of your practice with related to that. Um, and I think that's exciting. Like I said, of course being in, in Las Vegas and the intense suns that we have here and, and also just the, the skincare thing in general, relates a lot to what you do oh the
1: skin takes an absolute beating and if you if you ask my estheticians uh is the first thing they do is is calm the skin down because Mm. everybody walks in with windblown skin or um really solar irradiated skin or whatever it is and sometimes the stuff that you buy you know over the counter online or whatever isn't necessarily good for that right uh and um and so they first they have to back Track and calm everything down. That's step one, and then step two is okay. How do we kind of re- rebuild and make right. this skin actually healthy? And the it's different here in Las Vegas than it would be Seattle or Akron, Ohio, or something, just because we get you know so much uh, sun and, and it's we, so intense. Oh, yeah. it's been yeah. intense, and you know, I mean, we haven't had rain for what is it now? One hundred and fifty something days. Right. Yeah, Yeah, true. Zero yeah. rain. My East Coast friends and my friends down <laughs> south are, are shaking their head, but yeah, I mean, like zero rain, like right. for. You know, months
0: and months and months. Hence the term desert. <laughs> it's a desert out there. It's yes, a it desert. Is. Um, Yeah, that probably plays into the whole, I mean, people, you use a Botox because you get, it causes that skin damage, but helps cause the crow's feet oh kind of sure
1: life. we see sin damage all the time and the, and the best is when you can go ahead and work hand and glove with your esthetician skincare folks because what they'll do is is they'll really work on some of the sun spots and some of the mm-hmm. itty bitty wrinkles and then i'll go ahead and, and botox or fill or go to surgery for some of the bigger more major stuff but right. really trying to work hand and glove with those we think kind of gets the best um the best result
0: mm, that's great um, let's talk about um I, one of the subjects we were um I know you get a lot of inquiries about is tummy tucks. Sure. Um, and I, I, I would assume there's all sorts of different reasons why people, part of it would be having children, um, probably a lot of different reasons. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about that.
1: Sure. So tummy tucks. I think tummy tucks are a very powerful operation for a couple of reasons. We talk about indications or why. Why you going to surgery? One is, is those folks, um, whether they did it through diet and exercise or whether they had um, gastric uh, surgery is, is they've lost 70 pounds, 100 pounds. Right, so they have a lot thing. of extra skin. They have a lot of extra mm. skin. And so oftentimes those folks will come in the office and say, Doc, you know, uh, I did all this, but I, I, I'm tired of folding my skin into my pants. You know, can you, right. can, you can you help me with this? And those folks come in. And it depends because of course everybody gains weight in a certain place and, and loses weight in a certain place so it could be facelift it, it could be arms uh, it could be thighs yeah. often with uh, women it's it's breasts because things kind of fall uh, and the tummies uh, as well because mm-hmm. that's a, a lot of where people store their, uh, their extra fat uh, and so they lose all this weight and so which is terrific and good cardiovascular wise and good orthopedic wise and everything else uh, but well, yeah, now they're kind of they have this extra skin
0: yeah and they're excited about the weight loss but they have these other issues right, right.
1: and we at, at las vegas plastic surgery it, we see it differently i guess we see it as a privilege to be able to help somebody along this journey because hmm. for in in our standpoint they've done the hard part right. uh, they've either died and exercised or they've gone through surgery or whatever they've done they've done a lot of the hard stuff sure. and secondarily to that the outcome is terrific, but now you have some stuff that you can kind of clean up on aisle five a little bit here. So, <laughs> right. so we're the ones that can come into the end and really sort of make things nice. And then they can feel better about being uh, in a the leotard. Uh, they can feel better about, you know, going to the, to the beach or the swimming pool. So for us, we really think of it as a privilege that we're able to be on this journey. Right. And they're them. part of
0: sort of giving you their trust.
1: Yes. And, uh, and, and then and I, we really, we really, really uh, take that to heart and think it's really a privilege. And so for us, we go ahead and say, all right, well, you've done all this. Now, where do you want to go with the next step? Uh, and again, it could be a breast lift, it could be breast talk, it could be face, it could be arms, legs. But most often, both male and female, it's tummies and tummy talks. So that's number one. That's, that's your f- first group of people. Second group of people uh, are those folks that uh, have had babies. And uh, so they've had one, two, three uh, babies. And with that, typically women and and babies are great, but they knock the heck out of a woman's body. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to kind of give her that portion of the body bag, and and people really love that right yeah. so it's just sort of the,
0: the rejuvenation and right yeah. and
1: there is i mean and, and folks go to the gym and they're doing sit-ups and like well why is this thing kind of bump you know always protruding out every time i do a sit-up yeah. and again not their fault oftentimes it's a, a anatomy issue with the surgery fix and so what i mean right. by that is is especially having babies or gaining losing weight uh, your rectus muscles your six-pack uh, have splayed apart, right? So they're separated. So that's called a diastasis recti. Diastasis means separate, and recti is your rectus muscles. Fancy Latin stuff. Okay. <laughs> Thank God they don't make us do Latin anymore in uh, uh, in medical school. So... Um, so, that's a whole other story for another day. Um, but, uh, so, the is recti, So, the rectus muscles have splayed apart. And so, what we do while we're in there is we take those rectus muscles and we put them back together again. Yeah. And we sew them up like an internal corset. And people love that. Yeah. Uh, because now, you've taken what often would protrude and you put it back where it's supposed to be. And so, now they're doing sit-ups without having this bowing. Right. Uh, and they're getting, and they're getting a good
0: result. Right?
1: right. So, people love that. That's, that's one of the things that, that, that we do. During the t- uh, tummy tuck, it's not just taking off the extra uh, skin and soft tissue, which it is, uh, but it's also that part where we're actually fixing the anatomy that right. had been stretched out. Uh, so, and so, basically, what happens with the tummy tuck now is you take, uh, you, you make an incision down low, and then you make an, another incision, typically right above where the belly button is. Uh, all that tissue comes out, which mm. is really cool, um, and then we take what's left and we. We pull that down, and so that the two meet so typically uh, we actually have to sit people up at about eh, twenty thirty degrees on the operating room table to take enough tension off the wound and then mm-hmm. we go ahead and we make a little window uh, little p- window for the belly button to come through, so it's okay. your belly button just through a new window right and gotcha. the best way to describe that is is I had a patient once, and she had a butterfly tattoo uh, on top of her uh her uh, uh, belly button, and so after all this, that butterfly was uh, underneath the belly button. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. so that's kind of right. But that's, that's just part of 100%. the po-
0: sort of bringing everything up yeah. and putting so that's, it in place. Yeah.
1: Right. So that's so that's the process. Yeah. Uh, and people really like that. They they like the results of that, and I think it's a very powerful operation. With one operation, you can do a lot of good. Right. Yeah.
0: Is that? And what would you would you say that's one of your more popular?
1: Oh yes. Yeah. So yeah. So that's a popular operation typically that will also entail a little bit of liposuction of the flanks as okay, well right. because that now as one unit actually works really well and you can go ahead and do that as part of the, of the quote-unquote mommy makeover right Which right, right which typically is a uh, breast dog uh, with lift and a tummy tuck uh, plus or minus liposuction so mm. so it's a constellation of procedures that we put together uh, and and that's kind of the mommy makeover
0: right so when it, speaking of the breast because obviously in that situation too with with having kids and then the weight loss um the breast reduction kind of goes hand in hand with those procedures right,
1: right? so the breast it the one question i ask often is is okay what size are you now what size would you like to be right mm-hmm. and uh, someone some women don't even know what size they are and they get fitted or not fitted in it. right a, a or whatever. sometimes
0: maybe they're not wearing the right size bra uh
1: right. which happens a ton, yeah. you know, a ton. Which so, reminds me of our Walmart
0: story, but we'll- <laughs> yes, yes, right, yeah. So we, we told that on the last yes, episode.
1: So yeah, so yeah, reference the other one for why <laughs> why I shouldn't be allowed back in Walmart. But that's another story for that's a big teaser. Uh, okay, um, so so yeah, so so I ask, okay, what do you want to be? And so that gives me a good. Because somebody example because somebody says hey doc I'm a 34C well what size do you want to be Mm -hmm. Uh, well I want to be a D I want to be a double okay well that tells me they want to augment some folks say well I don't want to change I just want the nipple areola complexes to be up. Where they're supposed to be. Right. And I'm like, okay, or, so sagging nipples, right. or maybe the or, pointing. S- right, or, or, or right, or displaced. Or some folks will say, well, geez, doc, I'm a C now, and I want to be a B. Oh, wait a minute. Well, that means that we're downsizing. And and there's no wrong answer. Right. It's just a matter of kind of what the goal is. And everybody's is, different. And right. everybody's different. Yeah. And and how to get there. And uh, again, some folks will say, well, geez, I you know I used to have a lot of breast tissue up top, and now things have kind of Settle to the bottom, sure. especially having kids and stuff like that. You know, gravity gets us all in the end, right? It's an old, <laughs> uh, old adage. So for those folks, sometimes we'll go ahead and do a lift and kind of put the nipples in the same zip code. Okay, fine, and um, and then also do a little bit of an augmentation to kick out that upper pull fullness as well. Right now, the extreme of this and. Which is, depending on who you read, the addition, subtraction uh, operation or whatever, is, is for those folks that really have lost a lot in the upper pole mm-hmm. and really have a lot of extra breast tissue in the lower pole. We'll actually do a reduction, meaning we'll take tissue away and We'll also put a breast implant in at the same time. Mm. So we're basically kind of putting things back that really the way it used to be before right. having, you know, seven kids. And some or, people, or I mean, else. I would
0: assume some people want breast implants. Some maybe they don't, but they still want a lift.
1: Right. And, so that's exactly right. And yeah. it, and again, some and often we'll do lifts without implants, and that's okay too. Mm. It really sort of depends, and that's why I like to sit and talk to patients right. uh, and kind of get into okay, why are we doing this, and what are you really? Going mm-hmm. for, and um, then you can say, Oh, okay, so now I see what her vision is. Uh, and also, I have folks, if they can't, is to go ahead and bring in photos uh, that they sure. like because right. that also helps me as far as uh, how much upper pole fullness, how much uh, projection, right. how much volume. So, and, so all those things can and help. what their
0: expectations are, too.
1: Right? Oh, absolutely. And, and, yeah. and that is a key. Key element. I mean, if you've been out in the sun a lot, and you've been a smoker, and you've had seven kids, and uh, the the nipple area, complex, are set at the knees, sure. And you want to be that girl that has the breast, off a, right, of a teenager, right? A, a, right off the 20s. clavicle, that you can put a drink on top. Okay, <laughs> right. that's probably not going to happen. Right. And I got to be the guy to tell you that. Look, this is you, and this is your breast tissue, yeah. and what we can honestly yeah, you do. You want to and set not realistic. Do right? right. So yes, and. and so that's exactly what we do, and that's why you come to a guy like me, or or a gal like like any of my colleagues, a board-certified plastic surgeon, mm-hmm. to go ahead and get uh, a real uh, evaluation. And uh, and I say this all day long. Look, I'd rather have people spend 20 minutes with me than 20 hours on the internet.
0: Right. Or, and, or having to deal with maybe going to a surgeon that's not as qualified or maybe doesn't right. have their best interests at heart. Right?
1: right. So those so those folks, again, board certified plastic surgeons uh, tend have been there, done that and mm-hmm. have seen the pitfalls and have seen different uh, different ways to go about it. And, right. and especially in plastic surgery, there's more than one way that's going to cat. Right. And my job, as I see it, it, one of my jobs is to go ahead and give the patient options mm-hmm. and say, OK, well, we can do this. You know, if we uh, do x then you'll get x and y and z if we do y then you'll get x and y and z and then some and then together we kind of work out what they really want because sometimes people can't put it actually into words as much as well and it's hard it's hard the nomenclature is hard and some folks are really good, and, and they ask better questions than the junior plastic surgery residents. And then some folks, you really got to kind of guide them through and and give them the language. You to have to play detective them, in a way, right? right. Well, yeah, to, to go ahead and and say kind of what you want, and, mm-hmm. and and that happens in breast stuff too. I said, do you want you know larger? Do you want up higher? Do you want upper fullness? And so sometimes folks have never thought about it and, yeah. and especially in those they terms. They just kind of want to breast hog, but they yeah. don't
0: really know there's so many different right. options.
1: Sure and, fix it doc you right. know and <laughs> right, exactly, uh, yeah. which is fine too uh, but the, the thing is, is is you want to try your best to get on the same vision the same page sure. uh, as well and, and what's really hard to describe actually is noses because everybody comes mm. in when I, but most people come in and say hey doc I want my nose smaller well right. what does that mean? Exactly. Do you want projection smaller? Do you want yeah. the tip narrower? Do you want so again, it's sometimes given the patient those tools that they can kind of communicate and pictures and we we have pictures in our office and we have cartoons and and we have videos and then people come in. so again depending on if they're a visual learner or an audio learner or whatever learner uh we have implants that and we can show them they squeeze them and and people love that part (laughs) uh boys and girls love the (laughs) implants of all ages and um and, and so we have that again to try to see what the real goal is, sure, and then okay, right. how can we get to this goal realistically, and what's it going to take?
0: When you actually, so one thing that we covered before, but I wanted to kind of maybe because you mentioned board certified, can you explain to people, our listeners, what's the difference between a board certified plastic surgeon and somebody that's non board certified?
1: Sure, I mean we can we, we can do this for an hour. It's a little complicated, but having but having said that, the, the very very short is is. Uh, so guys like me, uh, is, is, I did the old way, uh, is I went through general surgery mm-hmm. first. And for me, that was seven years, two years in the lab. Cause that's what my program did back East. And they wanted you to be a chairman and they wanted you to do bench research and present at the Marion college of surgeons, do all this stuff and right. become a chairman. And some of us, uh, some of us did, uh, some of us did. And, um, Uh, For me, I I did that first, and then I went on to plastic surgery, which was more training. Uh, And so that was an intensive uh, training program where you saw the breadth and depth of plastic surgery. And I did mine. I was blessed enough uh, to go to UCSF in San Francisco. And I I say blessed because the guys and gals that trained me there were absolutely uh, stellar and they would put stuff on the board because then you'd read the board the next day of what surgeons were doing and stuff like that. And you're looking at the board like, that's not in a book. You know? <laughs> right. I'm like, did we, huh? And you go back to your anatomy, like, well, I guess we can put that artery to that vein. Right. And, yeah. um, and so they were doing, they were really pushing the envelope and mm-hmm. they were doing some really, really stellar stuff. And so oftentimes then, as you get out into private practice or to academic practice or whatever practice model you like, is often... You're confronted by an issue and you're like, okay, so what would Dr. Mathis do? What would uh, Dr. Hoffman do? What would and, and you're like, okay, they would right. do that. Okay, let's do that. Yeah, and so sure. and so that's important because again, you See a lot and it's a contact hours and, and and by that I mean um, When I was coming through we were working 120 hours a week. No, no joke and then in residency, in, in plastic surgery, it got a little bit better uh, because it was down to, you know, 100 hours or whatever right, it Right, it's a different focus. So, w- w- yeah. And then by then, uh, uh, you have a few people uh, under you running around and making, you know, and uh, doing some stuff in the ER for it, just sewing up simple stuff. But having said that, is, is but you get always you always get called in and you always right, get right. a phone call, which is fine. And so, <laughs> but the thing is, is, but you get to see things over and over again. and sure. and, and, and the... Main thing is is to see it over and over again because you'll see and my best thing is is how appendicitis shows up differently because it's not like one test oh he's got a had hot apy let's do it right is well you know the classic story is as well i wasn't feeling good and it it you know kind of went over to my right lower quadrant but then but etc nobody shows up and points to mcburney's point and go hey i have a hot apple okay <laughs> right. that doesn't happen you know, the white counts a little elevated and yeah. you know, the rectal exam well it's sometimes you sort of you have
0: to again you have to sort of play a bit of a t- detective, detective. And, well yes uh, yeah.
1: and actu- actually the uh, the man who wrote uh sherlock holmes was a hmm. physician oh, okay. and if you read sherlock holmes um uh, uh, you will see that he approaches that just like a physician would right. he makes a differential diagnosis means that he, he says all oh, these are the possible things it could be and then he clicks them off the list and that's what you do as a physician you make a big differential diagnosis and then you get labs oh no it's not that one right. then you get a, a CT scan or an x-ray oh no it's not that one and so you wind up with a diagnosis so it's mm. the same process yeah. All right. so um, so having said that is, is you see it so many different times and the best thing about Plastic surgery training is again where I was. Is they never left you off the hook, meaning there may be four or five ways to close a wound or do something, mm-hmm. and they say, "Okay, you do this. Uh, now what? Do, that didn't work. Now what happens?" Right, they oh, challenge you. Right, right. and yeah. then they say, "Well, okay, so Plan A didn't work. What was Plan B? Oh, well, I would do this. Nope, that Plan B won't work because you just took out the blood supply with Plan A. Oh darn it! Right. So they want you to think out of the box. Sure. And um, one of my mentors uh, would quote another guy was his mentor, uh, was, is, you know, I don't want cooks. I want chefs. Right. So it's not cookie cutter algorithms, but it's like people that actually think. And so when you were really thinking out of the box and everything else like that, you'd say, okay, now you're chefing. So we turned that into a (laughs) verb. Um, okay. So, and the reason why all that's important is, is because if you see things over and over again, you realize, wait a minute, I've seen this before and this is how it came out and it wasn't right. Hmm. So, not only can you fix stuff when it goes awry, but you can see stuff before you actually have to deal with it. And that's really the kind of the beauty of the length of the program and the intensity of the program. And by intensity, I mean, you know, you're running around and you're sewing things up and you're doing the operations, but then you're also presenting at Conferences, and you have really smart guys that have written the literature and have participated in the literature and have done it, and you're able to go ahead and 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 get their knowledge. And I I tell the medical students and junior residents, your job is to steal as much as you can. And they kind of look at me, steal (laughs) these guys' thoughts, steal these guys' patterns, steal what these Mm -hmm. guys have have uh, because they've been there, because they've been there, they've done there, they created it, etc., etc. And and you know things and things change. And you know, I was lucky enough really blessed enough to work with uh, this guy, the late uh, Harry Bunke who invented microsurgery Oh wow! M- invented microsurgery. And, and by that, I mean that he was living on the peninsula and he had these little pieces of string and his buddy at Stanford would fire these little metal things onto the, onto the ends of them to make little sutures. And then, so, so Dr. Bunke would go ahead and um, it would, Take, take anesthetize everything but reattach ears to bunny rabbits oh, uh, wow. and and see that no you can't actually put this little vessel to this little vessel right. and actually it'll live right so and there's a hundred uh, Dr. Bunky stories and, and he was a great man he was really a gentleman and um, one uh, and his son went into uh, his practice and one of the things was is when they were kids a big uh, wind would come through the um Garage and all of these little sutures would go all over the place, and they'd have to be on their hands and knees, following these little sutures. Now we're talking, <laughs> we're talking very, very small uh, strings, right. or finer than a human hair. Oh wow! Okay, and so that's, and then he would go under the microscope, and that's right. where microsurgery came from. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so yeah, he was an, an incredible uh, guy, and always into teaching, always mm-hmm. had time for you. And so it was, and, and the typical thing, and this is a, a Dr. Bunky story, <laughs> is. Um, so I'm on rounds, right? And rounds was great because it was the 2000s, right around 2000. But what his thing was is to have everybody come on rounds. And what I mean by that is you'd have your hand therapist come on rounds and you'd have uh, the nurses come on rounds. and every, So everybody knew what the plan so yeah, was. They all the same. So you didn't have to write it down somebody read it later. Everybody sure. knew. And that was great. And And then he would always ask you on rounds. And sometimes we'd have a funny... Because we were a big referral center, we'd have a funny case, right? And so you're like, "Oh man, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be a superstar. I'm going to read all about this case." Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is before Google, you know, it believe right, or not, sure. if there was time yeah. before Google. So you'd have to go ahead and go to the uh, to the library, Do research, really, really, research research and, it, and right. all that. And so you're like, "Oh, I read uh, ten articles on this." <laughs> and, I, I, I sure. and you'd be there on rounds the next day, you think you're going to be a stud. And you know, you go ahead and talk about this, and Papa. He says, "Oh, by the way, this article that I read that you know, Dr. Cohen uh, in Germany, you know, did and Papa, Papa, mm-hmm. And Harry Bunky, well, that's very good, Jeffrey, Papa, Papa, and, and all that. And he says, "Well, when I had him over for dinner at my house two weeks ago." <laughs> Yeah, like, I it. told him that you know he wasn't the first to describe that. Right. It was actually in this literature and blah blah blah. You know, uh, two years before. And I'm like, I can't beat these guys. There's no chance. <laughs> it's like a, it's it's a walking like three like steps a ahead of me. Oh, funny. so Dr. Bunky was like that. Dr. Mathis, she couldn't beat him. Dr. Hoffman. i was just these these guys would just yeah just. Yeah. But so and i digress obviously but the thing is, is it's that intensity of training and right. and it's that intensity of thought and and learning with your foot in your mouth and you and making a fool of and and such when and they did it nicely in a gentlemanly way but you, but you got yourself spanked every yeah. now and then be like why didn't you think of this before and, blah, 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 blah. and so and that's all of that learning with your foot in the mouth that gets you to a point that you're confident that you can really take care of those things right. and it's countless hours of study and it's tens of thousands of of, of hours and, and and cases and all that and then you would be prepared for that now me I went and then I did microsurgery and hand surgery because I didn't have enough training right. but to answer that question now after you get done with all of that then you get to go ahead and sit for the, your board exam mm-hmm. and by that that's not an easy feat right. the first part is um, and general surgery has this too and then plastic surgery has this. You have the, the written exam, which mm. the, is all of the written book stuff and what does sure. methotrexate do and the anatomy and all that. Okay, fine. Um, so that's one. And then two is is then you have the oral exams and that is really a, um, a, a sweat fest for <laughs> a couple of reasons. One is, and it's a very, I think the plastic surgery boards are probably the fairest test I've taken. I can say that because I passed it, right? But but um, but what they do is 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 you take, you're out in practice and they go ahead and they give you, uh, and, and you put your list in. And they select out five cases for you. And they always pick the ones that always make a left turn, right? Of course they do. Yeah. And so you send it in. And they look at everything. They look at uh, your building. They look at uh, your dictations, how long it took you to dictate it. They, they, they look at pictures. They look yeah. at, and and it, in fact, four guys a year get sent home for bad pictures. Really, you don't don't get to go in and sit for the board, okay? Because that's how we plastic surgeons communicate with each other, and you have to have a blue background, and there's certain standards, and da da da. da. So they are picky as heck, and then you show up, and they have thirty more cases to go Mm. through. Of course, there's two folks in the room, uh, and then the one guy on the uh, who's on the side, and he's observing, and they record everything, and it's it's actually they've they've done really well to Mm. do. Now, so you go through that intensive process, and again, it's not just oh, you know, how do you sew something up in the ER? Right. They really get into the weeds as to what can go on. It's all about safety, and they want to make sure you're safe mm. coming out. And you're um, really
0: covering, and not people, because people think of plastic surgeons, maybe in general like just breast augmentations, or sure. just one thing but you're no, actually covering not the, no. everything it's right? not
1: the pretty stuff it's yeah. cleft lips and palate sure. it's what do you do with a burn it's uh, how do you do a pediatric burn mm. what if a, a kid uh, chews on an electrical cord and takes out the, the side of their mouth how do you from everything from okay they come mm. into the ER to what do you do uh, later for yeah, it's a or, broad palette, or right? rehabilitation uh, yeah the clefts and plaits we talked about microsurgery we talked about hand surgery we talked about uh, free tissue transfer microsurgery mm-hmm. we talk about uh, breast how do you go ahead and plan an operation uh, with in concert with the breast surgeon what if what if what if what if what if the breast surgeon left you with nothing how are you going to go ahead and create something out right, of nothing sure. and this is important uh, because even again, when I was training, um, we would get this call usually about eight o'clock at night, and you know we, we we joke about it. We call you know we we put the last in plastics, right? Uh, <laughs> because we're always there, and so we get this phone call about yeah, eight o'clock at night. It would happen every couple of weeks, three weeks. We get a call from the cardiothoracic uh, folks, and again, mm-hmm. this is this is UCSF, and they're doing right. crazy stuff that, that's one of the that, world's best right it's it's yeah so we get refer to everything and so the cardiothoracic guys uh were in there and they're great and so they've and they take the, out this big tumor in, in this guy's chest wall and it's a little bit bigger than they thought mm. okay and so now they can't put it together oh, wow. so now you got a guy with who's and got lungs in it's the gotta breeze be done now right? lungs yeah. in the breeze and yeah. like okay that's not supposed to be there sure. right and so uh, we would go and, and, and make ribs for this guy and swing soft tissue around and put skin on it. So then when he you know, woke up in the morning, oh, he didn't have a big old you know, hole sure, in his right, chest, right? Yeah. Uh, and so it's those sorts of things that they teach you how to think on your feet, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. So, so having said all of that, that's what really kind of goes into a board-certified plastic surgeon, as opposed to uh, a doc that wakes up one morning and says, hey, I'm really getting clobbered over here in my particular specialty right. and boy
0: I need to find a new uh, revenue stream. You know, I
1: right. Right. and so and I think I want to be a plastic surgeon. So mm. instead of now, there are some guys that go back and do plastic surgery. There's two guys here in town. that were ENT guys doing, and they went back uh, and, and, did, and and mm. got retrained for two or three years sure. and got clobbered up all night. There's another guy in town just recently came back to town. Great hand surgeon, went away again, did his plastic surgery resident, came back. So mm. you can do it. Right. Uh, but do it if you're going to do it. Do it. Yeah. So it my, and opinion, it's important
0: for patients to understand the right. difference. And right? so
1: and so the guy that just, or yeah, that rolls out of bed and says, "Oh, I think I want to take a weekend course right. and start doing this stuff." I think is a tremendous difference, even if they take a six month, you know, a fellowship, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, just the rigor uh, of that and the ability to be able to protect your patient right. is the thing. I mean, yeah. it, there's there's plenty of folks doing uh, Botox and filler. Eh, oh, fine, who cares? Right. But what drives us, plastic surgeons, board certified plastic surgeons, is, is, w- it, is the patient protected? Is the sure. patient safe? Yep. Can the guy fix what, if something makes a left turn? Right. Uh, and so that's the thing that makes our hair stand on end, is it's not that... You know, somebody's cutting into somebody's turf. You, we, who cares? The fact of the matter is, yeah. Is, sometimes is, you see the aftermath of well, that, and again, yeah. I'm biased, and I'll be the first one to say that absolutely. Right. Because in our office, we see problems, and right. again, everybody gets complications. That's Why the botched there, TV right, show? Has there been are cases so that are going to make a left turn on you yeah. from no fault of anybody's own, uh, and then you got to go fix it, and uh, or write, ask the right questions or know the right mm. guys to help you to fix it. So that's really for me the difference between. A board certified plastic surgeon uh, versus someone who's doing this stuff and who's not.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's great to that you explain that clearly. I know we've touched we touched on that before, but I think you know um, it's it's so important for people to understand the differences. Um, for the for, like you said, the, they're investing a lot of money. That's the thing, right?
1: Right. So, and, and, and again, in my view, is as if they if they've done. If they've jumped through the hoops and done on the hurdles and stuff like that, and, and people come into our office, and especially an aesthetic office, and I know they're going to go to two or three or five other folks sure, to go right. ahead and see. And I think that's important. It drives my office manager crazy when I say this. <laughs> but I think it's important uh, to go ahead and, and see two or three people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in L.A., you can do that in one office building in an afternoon on one floor. Sure, but, right. But, but here you have to drive around a little bit. But I think that you have to uh, click with the surgeon. I think you have to click with the office staff. I think it's, I think it's really important mm. uh, to go ahead and, and and do that. And again, I don't get upset. And again, this drives my office manager crazy. If they, if we quote unquote lose them to uh, another board certified plastic surgeon, because I know that at least they're going to get taken care of. Or right. At least they're safe. And, you,
0: and I, I would assume you know all the surgeons. Yeah, town, I right?
1: mean, yeah, every, everybody knows everybody. Yeah. And and it, it's a it's a it's a small world.
0: So tell me, um, I. With with that subject, I know you have some funny stories. <laughs> we, I, We've I talked that. about a few of them. Yes, um, I I know one of them. We, we you mentioned uh, Doctor John Clark. Tell yes. me, tell me, tell me that story. Oh, so, that so really yeah, one funny.
1: of one of the one of the guys, And this was back in Phil. This is back in Philadelphia. God bless Doctor Clark. uh <laughs> Back in Philadelphia, and, and again, even even then, that was an amazing place because the people that trained me were terrific. And then in Philadelphia, you have five medical schools, right? So then you would go to these conferences, and you have these guys that are luminaries that yeah. wrote the books, that wrote everything, and then you're able to talk to them and actually ask them questions, et cetera, sure. et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so Dr. Clark. So Dr. Clark, he'd been on every committee, and he he'd been on every survey and every study. And every, I mean, just <clears throat> just, just monumental guy, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, and this is the this is the '90s, and he was taking a trauma call. Yeah, forever. And so trauma call comes in, and usually the attending doesn't have to be in-house. In other words, he doesn't have to sleep in the hospital. Mm-hmm. There's residents and stuff. Right. So guy gets shot, etc. Typical Philly, right? So guy gets shot, whatever, comes in. Um, so we resuscitate him, take him to the operating room, and so the chief resident starts the case, gets him all lined up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay, fine. And then the attending comes right in, okay? I mean, you know, it's not like he's there two hours later. No, he's there like 10 minutes. You know, sure. So anyway, so Dr. Clark. So Dr. Clark comes in, and uh, you know, older uh, older gentleman uh, at, at that thin guy, and just trying to paint a picture. <laughs> and so he comes in, and uh, you know, he's, he's rushing in. he's going to save this guy's life. Sure. Right? Right. So he's rushing in, and he uh, changes out of his uh, his clothes, and he goes to the the uh, the place where you have all the scrubs, right? And he gets to the place, and there's no scrubs. I mean, none, zero, none. Okay. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you get in there, and you got to you know take out three XL, and you, right, there is right. zero scrubs left, right? Yeah. And so he's like. Well, I, I got to run in and save this guy's life. So he goes ahead. Uh, he washes at the scrub sink, right, and walks into the uh, operating room in his boxers. <laughs> Awkward. Uh, <laughs> a bit, okay. But that's, that's completely funny. okay because because yeah, yeah. you're going to get the gown bigger, on. Yeah, well, he put the gown on and the gloves sure, and the, right, all that kind of stuff. Right. And then he had a hat and a mask, okay, and his boxers. <laughs> okay. So any nurse is like, Dr. Clark's like, oh, there's no scrub. Oh, okay. so yeah, yeah, so, the, so to save the guy's life... Right, they tuck him away in the ICU. Everything's fine. Good. All right. So, Doctor Clark and and the the doctors in house are going to go ahead and take care of him. Okay, fine. So, Doctor Clark's like, all right, you know what? I I I'll try to get home. Okay. So he, he gets home and he's like, he's driving by. And he's like, you know, I'm a little hungry. And it's about ten thirty at night. He says, uh, I'm going to go to a pizza uh, a Pizza Hut. I'm just going to go ahead and grab a you know pizza. Sure. Okay. Great. So he goes ahead and rolls into rolls in the Pizza Hut, and. He goes in there, and he's about to order, and he looks over, and there are four medical students, right, from Medical College of Pennsylvania, right? And they're in scrubs with Medical College of Pennsylvania stamped on them, right? And if you ever seen scrubs, it says, you know, uh, don't take off-premises, right, you know, right, blah, right. blah, 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 yeah. it constitutes theft, the whole thing, right? And so Dr. Clark looks at these four, guys, four students, and... <laughs> And it's Philly, so you can do this. Yeah. Uh, and he says, "Hey, you guys." He says, "Because you guys stole those scrubs, like I had to just operate in my skivvies, right? Going bananas." <laughs> In the pizza hut how funny and everything else and and the kids right they're like yes. oh my god who's this you know old professor guy <laughs> yelling at <some> us <laughs> about and he's going on and on the kids actually left without their pizza go they're oh, like, they're how like funny. oh we're out
0: okay out like,
1: <laughs> because again i mean you know, the professor to are they going to recognize him? Right, are they going right, to come right. In, you know, no, and they going to fail him? you know that's who funny. knows what right so they so they left all right so they, he ran them out of ran out of pizza hut how funny so yeah it's typical philly stuff but yeah. uh, but yes you gotta get the job gotta do what you gotta uh, do so yeah so god bless dr clark one from all of what he's did two that you know he'll he'll operate in in uh in you know his uh his underwear and uh and save your (laughs) life and and all that uh so yeah so yeah hats off to to affectionately know jc yes it's
0: funny you've i know um obviously uh You've been in Vegas for many years. I know you've had some interesting jobs. We talked about that before. But one of the jobs you you actually had was a matchbook salesman. Oh uh, yeah, this what is one exactly th- is a matchbook salesman. This is one of, is one of, one of the I'm greatest. This is one of the greatest <laughs> jobs of all time. So,
1: um, matchbook salesman. Okay, so so it's back in the '80s, right? And there's about three hundred thousand people in town. Okay, yeah. so that's fine. And uh, it was a small town. It was a small right? town. Yeah. And so basically, at every Uh, At every gift shop Right You would have a gift shop And there was These kind of Rotating uh, things and you've seen them. It says you know, made in Las Vegas four, right. and they would stamp on, you know, everybody's name. You know, mm-hmm. you know, Don, Donna. De- so sure. and, and, Okay, fine. So back in the day, and, and you would have those little license plates. You've seen them all, right? Yeah. Okay. So back in the day, you would actually have these matchbooks because people a lot more people smoked. It was more socially acceptable, right? Which was terrible, but anyway. So, <laughs> sure. So it's a made in Las Vegas four, and they had all the names on them, right? right? So okay, fine. So, it was my job is to go down there, count them, because you got to do the inventory, mm-hmm. and then replace the, the the you know made in Las Vegas for matchbooks on the uh, on the racks. Sure. Okay, fine. Now okay. that's fine. So, it, and then you had your route, and you go up and down the strip, and you go mm-hmm. ahead and replace this, and then you would go back to the matchbook place. And actually help them put them all together, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so uh, I'm so I'm in slacks, white shirt, tie, right? Because you you know, and it's 120 degrees outside. (laughs) Okay.
0: Yeah. And so
1: that's not the worst part. Okay, and so and so you're going ahead, and you and of course you go from 120 degrees to 70 degrees, to 120 degrees to 70 degrees. Okay, so all that's fine. And that way again, that wasn't where the worst part was. So so I have I got to do my route, and I have all these matches, matchbooks, right? Uh, in my car, which basically back then was a Pinto. Oh, nice. Okay, so the safe, pin- safe
0: car. <laughs> so yeah, so the
1: knock on the Pinto was if you <laughs> smack them in the back, it goes kaboom, right? right yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. So basically, it's 120 degrees. Uh, I have all of these matches. I mean. St- chuck full of and i couldn't put another matchbook into the into the thing right and i'm rolling down the street in a pinto, to a- do a a pinto. This. like what could possibly go wrong so basically <laughs> looking back on it i was a rolling bomb okay because <laughs> yeah. i have all these cell matches okay and it's 120 gra- it's just yeah it's oh, and no fire extinguisher like, ah, you'll be fine so yeah rolling rolling from uh yeah from you know, from the dunes to the Stardust sure. to the Flamingo to yeah, you know, all these places that that, that don't I miss exist. All at, those places. <laughs> yeah, and it's a lot of these places that don't exist anymore. Yeah. So yeah, it's a landmark. God, yeah, we oh yeah, we we hit them all. Sure, so funny. Yeah, so that was that was uh, yeah, a, a classic. So,
0: <laughs> well, I guess when you know when you do that kind of stuff, I know you've had we talked about that you had a, a bunch of different jobs, but then when you actually get to the point where you've gone through all the schooling and you've gone, you have your practice set up that you must really make you smile thinking about those memories and
1: well know. yeah i mean if you have a minute to actually you know do that well because uh, sometimes right. you're yeah, so busy sure. and you're chat up in the moment and everything else like that and you're like and then you get to you know with buddies or uh you know over a beer and just like hey you remember when you yeah. know like oh my god yeah did yeah. we actually do that uh yeah and so and again it was it was a, a different time uh here in las vegas and uh uh, a lot of characters and a lot of characters ran the place. It wasn't yeah. as corporate, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I so, missed that. Yeah, yeah it, absolutely. So it was, yeah, it was, it was much more of a wilder place, much more colorful place. What, uh, what
0: year did you actually open your practice in Las Vegas? Uh,
1: back here in O3 oh, Okay, so, so it's about been seven, it's been a minute. So about 17 years now.
0: Have you seen? Have you seen? Well, I'm sure you have. Different trends, different ways of doing things. Oh, sure. Plastic surgery-wise, also requests. From then to now, or... oh sure,
1: so again, to quote Dr. Gil uh who was a mentor of mine, he said, you know jeffrey if you uh, if you get bored in plastic surgery you 're not reading enough mm-hmm. uh, because there 's always something new, and there 's right. always something different uh, 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 coming out and and I can give you a whole bunches of uh, of examples from the reconstructive end. again, we talked a little about microsurgery, and sure. what that does is you can take we." class of surgeons. When, what,
0: what point did that really come into?
1: Well, actually, well, Harry Bunke, uh, Dr. Bunkey actually um, invent, invented it. And then the one that really carried the ball, and there was a few, there was Lewis Agenda, there's a few of them. What, again, was Dr. Mathis, who was my, uh, and Dr. Nahai, uh, who wrote books with him. They, they really had this idea of a reconstructive ladder where, you know, can you go ahead and close it? Uh, just you know you have a cut can you just suture clothes? to oh do you have to borrow tissue from one place to put it to the other? and those mm-hmm. are rotational flaps can you take a muscle and rotate it on its uh, blood supply and put it where you need it can you take that muscle free out of the body and plug it in somewhere else wow, and that's right. the free flap yeah. portion of it and sometimes you skip rungs on the ladder because sometimes it just won't work to try to put it together sure. etc so you have to do the microsurgery part so th- as things get better and better, as technology gets get better and better, the ability to get to smaller and smaller vessels and make them work mm-hmm. actually it has just pushed reconstruction. Yeah, cra- it gives you so many more craziness. options. Right? Uh, another thing is breast reconstruction. Those the folks are doing tremendous work in breast mm-hmm. uh, reconstruction nowadays. Is it, What used to be, even from the material standpoint, we, there's this thing called Acellular Dermal Matrix, ADM, which now with Folks that they take off the breast now they want breast reconstruction, et etc, et sure. etc, so you can actually put an implant on top of the muscle and put this ADM stuff on top of it, which was sacrilegious when I was uh, eight, uh, twenty years ago I because understand. you'd have to you 'd have to put the implant behind a muscle because otherwise right. it wouldn't work sure and so but the materials have gotten so much better you're able to do that, and now they 're doing free tissue transfer, which means again taking tissue from one area and putting it uh, into reconstructive uh, breast angelina jolie uh comes to mind and 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 it looks absolutely spectacular so Mm. so from a reconstructive microsurgery materials technology standpoint that's true so
0: people have had mastectomies that kind of thing exactly from
1: an aesthetic standpoint yes things have gotten so much better we used to be able to you can just inject collagen and that sort of thing Mm. now we have these things called juvenile and we have Volume. We have all of these things uh, now, which are much better. Um, that that last longer. That are malleable. You can uh, fix them. Um, so all of those, all of that technology is much better. It's yeah, well. exciting, right? It's very exciting, and that's why I love going to meetings and I love reading about this stuff. Because somebody is always pushing the envelope and somebody mm-hmm. always now. Having said that, you have to rely on your scientific principles and go back to that as well. And again, with our training and expertise, we like to think we can critically think through that. Sure. Uh, and also what's old is new again. Some people will try something over and over, like, no, 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 we did that twenty years ago, it didn't work, and this is why.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so oh, you see you the results so many years
0: later what they right. did, right? Yeah.
1: So yeah. So from that standpoint, yes, there's always something new, always something exciting, both in the reconstructive end of plastic surgery. Uh, and then also the aesthetic end of plastic mm. surgery.
0: Um, what, what's uh, a current focus for you as far as uh, learning new techniques and stuff? I, I guess breast augs seems to be, like, I know a lot of people have issues. That's one of the things they deal with on Botched a lot, um, that TV show, is is people that have had breast augmentations that went wrong.
1: Right. Um,
0: what's, what's your focus on that when you see I know you see a lot of those patients sure
1: we see a lot Um, of primaries which is the very first came in and we also see a lot of redos and again you can you can be the best surgeon in the world, and uh, something will make a left turn. Right. Uh, and by that, I mean with the breast augmentation, sometimes the implant doesn't stay quite where you want it, and it'll move. Sometimes, just with time, the tissue will go ahead and kind of cascade over the uh, breast implant. Mm-hmm. Um, things change uh, over time, or right. people have babies, or they lose and gain weight, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. They also may have some capsular scarring, scarring around the uh, the implant. So there's there's all sorts. Of things. Usually, the vast majority of people are very happy with them, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But, of course, a certain percentage um, are going to need them to get looked at and uh, you know, kind of dive in there and try to treat that a little bit.
0: Once they have the breast hog, is, is there a sort of a timetable when they should come check in with their doctor? Yeah. How, what's your thought on
1: that? Most them? people, again, most people would say you know about 10 years, et cetera, sure. et cetera, some uh, plus minus it used to be more or less a hard rule to go ahead and switch them out at 10 years. That's mm-hmm. not necessarily true anymore because, because they're much better. Because right? yeah. <clears throat> they're, they're better because they, back in the seventies and eighties is, is they had a 50% leak rate uh, at 10 years. Sure. Now that leak rate, depending on who you read is between, you know, three and t- three and 10%. Right. So that's gotten uh, a lot better. And the material itself isn't maple syrupy anymore. It's much more um, uh, like a gummy bear. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's a gummy bear implant. So, so those things have changed, but, uh, um, but yeah, but if there's ever, again, I tell my patients ever a question or anything, always come in, always come in and get checked out. We can talk about MRIs. We can talk about different uh, ways to do things um, and uh, evaluate, but by all means, step one is, is, you know, check in and, uh, and see what's going on.
0: And how can folks um, reach you? Uh, maybe your website. And, sure. Right.
1: Sure. So we can be reached. Uh, website is uh, www of course jjrothmd. That's jjrothmd dot com. Uh, and then uh, give us a call uh, at the office, which is seven zero two area code 450-0777.
0: And also, they can. Um, we've actually been getting a lot even comments on the shows which is great um, and if they have questions you guys can also um, contact us on our social media pages yep
1: so lots of so we're all over social media wise uh, with uh, Instagram uh, not only this show uh, but uh, also our skincare has an Instagram and then uh, of course the practice has the Instagram and then yeah we might we you know take a look in uh, at that as well so mm-hmm. if you have comments or questions or concerns yes and then also we're on uh, Twitter we're on Facebook uh, again Facebook for the practice and then this show as well Um, and so but the best thing is to contact us at the office and if you have a topic that you haven't heard yet uh, please go ahead and let us know what you want to hear Uh, and if you have any constructive criticism or whatever we're happy to go ahead and take that too
0: but be nice that's right right. yeah Yeah. but we love hearing from you guys so please uh, feel free to reach out to us Um, great that was a fun show went by quick spectacular no I think it's good stuff (laughs) thanks for joining us and uh, please look for us on Spotify and Podbean thanks bye thank you so much for joining us For further information, please visit the podcast website
1: link for Dr Jeffrey Roth. See you next time.